I'm Jessica Veldstra. And I'm Denise Thompson. And earlier this week, we were discussing what we should talk about. Well, we've been MIA for a couple weeks. Oh, yes. We should talk about that first. I don't Uh, even know where to start. Oh, my gosh. So much stuff. So much stuff happened. (laughs) But I think we just decided that it was healthy to take the few weeks off. Instead of stress ourselves out more so than we were already stressed out. Yeah. But the biggest project was we got a new boiler. Yeah. In the house, which is what heats the house in the wintertime. And we were working with a 30-year-old boiler that was breaking constantly. So It was like pieced together. Like. It was like a Frankenstein boiler. <laughs> so anyways, we got a new boiler. Mm-hmm. But to do this, we had to make room for the plumber to be all up in our crawl space, which is about, what, four maybe four and a half i don't know i've only been under there one time oh jeez. okay i'm under there the most of anyone it sucks but I, because i so now i we know who's I responsible for the mess yeah well yes that's true <laughs> no have, so so 14 years worth of well your stuff 10 years worth of ours and like some stuff i noticed was in boxes that when we moved here we just never unpacked <laughs> you just put down there you just put down there <laughs> So it was just a just like a, a teacup giant with, with tea with the tea bag, bag still in and it. a shoe and a shoe in a box in a box because those things go together. <laughs> so yeah, we went through and hauled everything up, and it was I think what was a four trip pickup loads full of junk and two three, of, three donations. Of donations, and then we packed up everything in totes and organized it and labeled it, and it's beautiful and empty down there. But yeah, it was. Two, All for a plumber. It, it, yeah. It was two days of, like, madness. Um, and then we've had house guests, and Denise has been out of state enjoying Dave Matthews. Yes. I went and saw Dave Matthews for the and her nieces third and time at the Gorge. So. Yes, and yes. I got to go over and spend some time with my nieces and nephew and enjoy so, that. And so. We kind of had an Alaska end of the summer break from the podcast, as any Alaskans know. Summers are crazy. And I'm we actually never have surprised any that we, we made it did as, as did much it as through we, the summer. As much as we did, yeah. Like, because, oh my gosh, summers are crazy. We probably have house guests generally about three quarters of the time during the summer. Yeah. And then just the craziness of trying to get it done, all the projects. So now we're getting into fall, although it's been a beautiful Alaskan fall. It's been like in the 70s, even, which is crazy. Ne- we never see that. And we still have leaves on the tree, mm-hmm. except for today is trying to blow them all off. But it's still sunny and beautiful. But so we're back, and we got to, we were talking about what episode we were going to do today. And, and next week, we should be having a special guest, which we're all really excited about. Mid Toker is going to be on. You'll hear his name mentioned in our credits. He helped us set up the podcast and gave us technical advice. I would say he more or less just pressured you into doing it. He basically gave, yeah, peer pressure. It was a lot of peer pressure to start a podcast. (laughs) So, yes, he's one of our podcaster friends. So we're really excited to hear his opinions on some different topics next week. So tune in then. But we were discussing what we wanted to talk about. And I mentioned... 
redemption stories of abusers because like i read recently that like matt lauer is trying to get back in the public sphere mark driscoll who was recently fired so like they're coming back his, they're his, come back yeah. redemption stories yeah and how everybody loves a comeback redemption story <laughs> except for should we be really be allowing this and kind of like that was the idea and then like the same day does everyone love a comeback redemption well story? i mean like to a certain extent so people to a certain extent like redemption stories but it was interesting because as soon as I suggested that topic, then I saw an article written by Mary DeMuth named Be Wise About Repentant Predators. And then the next day, you sent me a story. I did. <laughs> there it was an interesting story that came out. I think that interesting may be <laughs> a downplay <laughs> of the situation. Whew. So I don't even know where to start with this. The, and this has become a national headlines. It's a little local story, and it has become national headlines because it's so egregious. So in Eagle River, Alaska, there's a man who lives there, and he had a trial for a crime that he had committed last year mm-hmm. and got no jail time mm-hmm. and no other punishment that I am aware of besides the year that he did leading up to the trial under house arrest. Yeah. So he had an ankle monitor. Yeah. They did a plea deal and he didn't get any jail time. And that was, he got time served. Mm -hmm. And what he did was... (laughs) Try to kill someone. Insane. Yeah. But specifically... Specifically, he met a woman at a gas station in Anchorage. She was looking for a ride I've seen I've seen it listed in different stories differently. She was looking for a ride or so he, he offered, offered her mm-hmm. a ride and he told her he knew her. Mm-hmm. Introduced himself as Dan. She said she didn't know him, but it was kind of like, you know, I mean, I've had that happen right. actually yesterday. <laughs> Someone said, you know, like I know you and I was like, no, I don't remember you. Mm-hmm. But he said he knew her and that he would give her a ride and she Decided to take a ride from him, and he... And really, if you look at his face, you could think, oh, maybe I do know him, because he looks like generally... Very average. 90% of the people. <laughs> so, very average looking dude. Yes. He does not look like a monster. Mm-mm. He told her they needed to go somewhere else so he could pick something up from another car. So he drove her away from where he said he would drop her off, and she was in the truck with him, and he said, you need to get out of the truck so I can load this stuff in and she got out and he tackled her then he proceeded to strangle her mm-hmm. last, um, last thought she had was she was she no was he dead. told her he was gonna kill her and she thought yeah and she thought she was going, going to, to die, die and she passed out and when she came to he had masturbated on her and she had semen on her and he was pulling his pants up zipping his pants up looked at her and said I wasn't really going to kill you. I just needed you to think that you were going to die so that basically I could get off. Mm-hmm. So, and he got zero time in prison. He had just a ankle monitor uh, for the time that he was in trial, and that's it. And some people might argue, you know, maybe this wasn't him. So but I'm going to say what mm-hmm. they did was when she woke up 
as he was telling her, I wasn't really going to kill you, he offered her a tissue mm-hmm. to clean herself up with. So they have DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. She called in his license plate number. Even though he was using an assumed name, I must also point out that he pled guilty. guilty. Mm-hmm. So he did this. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he did this. But they charged him with assault one and kidnapping and harassment, offensive contact with fluids. Which they dropped all of those except for which one they, they, charge. The only thing he they they did a plea deal, and the only thing that he pled to was assault one, which is the the highest of those. Well, maybe, yeah, kidnapping, kidnapping was the highest. Kidnapping and was they the said highest. They couldn't yeah. prove the kidnapping because she did get in the car voluntarily with him. But you'd think that they could prove the kidnapping because if they went to a different location well, than they were supposed to. No, because at the time that he was on top of her and strangled she wasn't her, she was she didn't want to be there. She didn't want to be there, and he was keeping her there. Like yeah. that's like this type of stuff that people can t- be charged with. I mean, at that moment, she was like in a place where she can like move and leave. So that's kidnapping. But they didn't charge him with any sex crime, and the DA said that they couldn't charge him with any sex crime because it didn't fall in any of the definitions of a sex crime, even though it was clearly the only motivation. He didn't rob her. No. He. I mean, the only motivation was a sexual motivation. Like, there was nothing else motivating that crime, but they couldn't charge him with a sex crime, so he's not going to be on the sex offender list. Yes, look up this article. <laughs> we will link it. Yes. We'll link a but local the, um, paper the DA said that it was his one pass... You know, because you get one pass to strangle a woman and masturbate on her. That's what your one pass. And they, the state did come out later and apologize for that wording. Oh. So we have to put that in there. But, but yeah. And then the it. governor came out with a proclamation yesterday saying that that's a giant loophole that we obviously need to close. That you can jack off on somebody and it's not a sex crime. <laughs> that's insane it is insane it's absolutely crazy because anyone in their right mind like would say this say guy's this on the sex, sex crime. yeah it's he should be on the sex offender list and the other thing is is that i mean come on this wasn't his first this couldn't have been his first go around oh no he's done this before i mean I'm sure he's probably it. done parts pieces and parts he may have not done the whole sequence but guarantee he's done some of this before because it was like a full sequence of events and people don't start off like that no no you, start <laughs> you don't off start small you don't start off kidnapping people and strangling them the, the first crime you do no <laughs> he probably got the first person who had a cell phone because he's definitely targeting probably a certain type of yeah. person he's targeting more vulnerable people and people who society cares less about which is complete utter horseshit because Really, everybody has worth, but, you know, our society seems to care less about more vulnerable people. So, anyway, that's been on the news. And they said that he wanted they wanted to give him a second chance, and they thought of it as, like, a redemption story. And, and yeah. he's talked about how good it was for him this year has been for him when he got a chance to speak. That's what I was going to bring up, was when he had a chance to speak, he uh, thanked the court, and mm-hmm. he said that he was very happy about the process Mm -hmm. and it had allowed him to become a better father get that and husband Mm. because he was living with his wife and is still living with his wife and children Children. Mm -hmm. and that he got to work on himself not once did he mention this woman yeah and it's not a effing self-improvement workshop no (laughs) i mean like that's but that's what he was like 
acting like it was. Yeah. So one of the things I picked up on was the minute I heard his statement, I thought, this man goes to church. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I was mm-hmm. right. So, I mean, it's a small world. You can look up on his Facebook page and mm-hmm. his about section. He lists that he is a Jesus freak, mm-hmm. which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising. Can you tell I have a little bit of judgment in my voice? <laughs> and we should clarify, obviously not all sexual predators are Christians. No, no. Are... And I, I said, and that's why I specified it. It was, it was when what he, he said. said mm-hmm. The way he spoke mm-hmm. was very um, much like I would hear a man mm-hmm. speak in church. The way he, the wording that he used, right. thanking the court, yep. how it was done. But also, it's all about him. It was. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. And you hear that kind of talking in church, though. I mean, like, does this, all about I guess the ethical myself. quandary is, does this man and other men like him mm-hmm. deserve redemption stories? Mm-hmm. Did he deserve this? Pass. Pass. <laughs> um, and so, I, you know, one of the things that I was thinking of is um, I follow a blog called Captain Awkward. She gives advice to awkward people like me on the internet. One of the things she talked about in a really good post of hers was that our whole, especially American culture, but Western culture in general, just loves a redemption story. They love this idea of a bad boy turned good. And even to the point of like the prodigal son story, even if you're not a Christian or have never gone to church or don't believe in that, it's still in our psyche and our culture, in Western culture. This story, this guy had two sons. One of them was uh, working on the farm, or both of them were working on the farm, and one of them asked for his inheritance early. The other sons stayed you know, behind and kept on working. And the prodigal son basically went out, spent all his inheritance on fast living. <laughs> fun times. Fun times. I sound like an 80-year-old. Fast living and fun, fun times. And, and shenanigans. <laughs> had all sorts of shenanigans. <laughs> and spent, it squandered his inheritance. And then he was forced to become a servant feeding pigs, which is like the worst of the worst. I mean, pigs are stinky. But also pigs were like unclean in his culture and like you don't touch pigs and like he's sitting there feeding pigs and he's thinking that the scraps look good because he's so hungry. He doesn't even get as good as the the pigs have. And so he decides to return to his father and ask him if... He thought, you know, I'll go to my father and I'll beg for his forgiveness and I'll say, I don't deserve to be your son, but maybe I'll be your servant because the servants in that household getting were, were getting, getting way better than what he was getting. And so he's thinking, well, that's a better life and I'll, and I've done, I know that I've done wrong and I will beg and, and then I'll, and I'll make it right and I'll work hard and maybe my dad will let me come back as a servant. And so he comes back and his dad sees him coming back in the road and and runs out to meet him saying, you know, my son is returning and, and has a big party for him. And then the one son that was there the whole time was like, well, dude, I've been here the whole time. But one of the things that is interesting about that story is so we have that in our psyche. We want that to be a thing. But the thing that is, that's interesting about that story is squandering an inheritance and raping somebody are two totally different things. Squandering an inheritance hurts you because it's your inheritance you know, it, it only hurt himself really and hurt his dad's feelings. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't abuse. It wasn't rape. It wasn't trauma, you know, trauma causing. causing. And he did it once. He wasn't like he was a serial 
inheritance squanderer as far as we know. <laughs> and he didn't wait to get caught to repent. He did it on his own. Yeah, it's not he, like his dad came and found him. Uh-huh, with the kids. No, he he did it on his own. He came back. He took responsibility for his actions and said, "How can I make this right?" And didn't have any kind of entitlement. He didn't feel like he deserved anything except for maybe he would ask to be a servant. And, and like a servant is a lower mm-hmm. position oh, yeah. than he had mm-hmm. before. Yep, and that was what his expectation was. And he didn't like basically hurt really anyone. This was not like he had a crime against somebody. And so when we put people who are in abusive positions and that same when we try to treat them the same way it's it's not the same thing well first of all mm-hmm. this guy his name is what was his name justin schneider, schneider. Mm-hmm. so justin was non-repentive yeah in the court at Correct. least he didn't he didn't apologize to his victim he didn't say even he didn't he did anything wrong he just said that the process had been really good for him yes <laughs> and matt lauer is mm-hmm. asking is basically wanting to come right mm-hmm. back to the type of position that he had mm-hmm. before, and he's de- he's still denied a lot of the stuff that came out about him. N- and none of these people are asking to make it right. You don't hear anybody coming, and he didn't come out before and say, "Oh, I sexually abused these. I've done this. this. I need to make it right. I will, you know, be donating all my time or and money to these programs that will make it right." And you know, that kind of thing. I'll step down from my position of power because I feel like it wasn't a right thing to do. None of these people have done that. They're not making restitution. They're not acknowledging what they've done is wrong. They all got caught. <laughs> when, you, when you say you're sorry after you get caught, it's not the same thing. No, it's not. But is there a place for even sexual assault redemptions? Like, have you ever heard of somebody coming out and saying, I did this before they got caught? No. I haven't. I haven't either. And the other thing is, is that, I mean, maybe that one guy, Morgan Spurlock did. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't see that the, before you get caught, it's because it's a predator thing. And you see it on other situations. One of our podcasts we listened to, My Favorite Murder, she, uh, one of the hosts on there had liked an Instagram post on something that she shouldn't have. And she decided to come clean before... She felt bad about it. She felt bad about it, came clean and said, I shouldn't have done that and donated $10,000 to a cause and like wrote an apology and said, that was all my bad. Like, so you see that kind of situation outside of like this kind of predator thing, but you don't see it um, inside the predator thing. And I think it's because predators, the sexual assault predators and abusers have a different MO. So my take on this man is mm-hmm. he's done it before mm-hmm. yeah. and he'll do it again. Right. And not only did they just, they did not allow a redemption story to happen. Mm-mm. They allowed a murder to happen because the next time right. he does this. It will be a murder. It'll it be will be a murder. Because he, he learned nothing. He learned that he can get away with this. He learned that he could get away with it, that people don't care. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have... I mean, for heaven's sakes, she was an eyewitness. Mm-hmm. She called right away. Mm-hmm. She They had DNA right. proof. I mean, what better crime can you prove? I mean, holy crap. It, it, it should be a all it DA's take, a... <laughs> all it is going to take the next time is for him to make sure that he had no witness. Right. And and the way you do that is you kill your witness. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's how serial killers start. Or, and, or you know, I mean, even if he gets off on the fact that he's not killing them let's say that you know he needs to play the just the Mm. strangulation game you can easily accidentally kill Kill someone yes Uh strangling them yeah 
I mean, it really should have been attempted murder. I mean, that's just... So it's such a small state, I was actually thinking about uh, messaging his Mm -hmm. wife and telling her to put her Facebook on lockdown because we have a lot of mutual friends and Mm -hmm. people can see her page. And I actually have yet to message her and tell her that. And one of the reasons is because I feel like he needs the consequences of his actions because I feel like our judicial system has given him no consequences. Mm-hmm. So our community has to? Yeah. Like basically so if, by shunning? If people are going to say something to him or to her, then they possibly need to deal with this. Of course, she's getting consequences of actions that she didn't condone, but she still stayed with him. Yes. Which sucks. It does suck. Yeah. But in our society, if you drink and drive once and get caught you have like a night in jail and you probably some fines and all that if you drink and drive twice you get more time in jail i think it's three nights in jail the first time even okay yeah it might be if you drink and drive three times you don't ever get to do it again you get your license taken away and that's it for you you never get to drive again a lot of these sexual predators and abusive people had you know 20 victims And so they're coming out and saying, well, but I need a TV show again because I need a redemption story. I was I was sorry. And and now I'm coming out again. I need to be at least able to earn a living. What Louis C.K. just did this, too. Mm -hmm. Louis C.K. just did this. Mm -hmm. Got on stage and did Mm -hmm. some stand up. Yep. Trying to make a comeback. Of course, he did it to an unsuspecting audience, much like his original crimes. (laughs) (laughs) He just keeps perpetrating. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Ah! (laughs) No, I mean, I guess I'm saying I don't want them to have redemption stories. Mm -hmm. I, I want them to have redemption in their own life and make something better of themselves. But I don't think that a public figure or even this dude mm-hmm. in Eagle River. Mm-hmm. who He got fired from his air traffic controlling job because he can't have a federal job and have a felony. Which I think is great. Yep. And, but they called that uh, like a life sentence, which is, again, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's not like a life sentence. Oh, you poor baby. You can't, you can't have, have a, a federal, federal job. job. Go pump gas. Yeah, he can still work. I mean, there's like a ton of jobs you could get. Well, he's a landlord. They own two. Oh, yeah. So, whatever. Um, and then I think, hopefully, there isn't any single at-risk women renting from them. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is just terrifying. But the thing is, is like these, you know, people like Matt Lowe or, or Driscoll or Louis C.K. Okay. All of them are like, well, I have to make a living. Yeah. But you don't have to be on stage. You don't have to be in front of everybody. You don't have to have power. You, you know, Matt Lauer's, you know, degree is probably in journalism. He could go be a researcher in a back room and make a living and pay his bills. And make something better of mm-hmm. himself that yep. way. For the rest of his life, you don't ever have to get in front of a camera again. Because you're also showing your victims that, oh, it's okay. And even though they're living with all of it for the rest of their lives, you are still in a position of power and, and you know, adoration. And it's fine. You can make a full comeback and everything's going to be okay. Um, and like Driscoll... With his being a pastor again, I don't think he should ever be a pastor again. He was super abusive, and you don't ever have to be a pastor again. You can serve in other ways. You can make another living. You do not have to be a pastor. You have been abusive to so many people. That should be like three strikes and you're out, buddy, (laughs) with that kind of abuse. And you don't get to lead a church again. And is that really like the worst thing in the world? Right, it's not. I mean, like... There's a lot of people who change jobs in the middle of their career 
Yeah, you don't have to be in a position of power or a position where you're extremely visible. You should be stepping back and never, you know, doing those things again. I agree. And I'm okay with that. Especially because all these guys have gotten caught. Not, there's a big difference between being caught and actually being repentant. (laughs) I totally agree. Well, and there's also the hashtag on Twitter right now that's been trending Mm -hmm. is, you know, why I didn't report. And I just feel like things like this This, man mm -hmm. getting off just tells how many women... That they're that not worth. That important. it's not worth yeah. reporting mm-hmm. no. because you would think that her reporting this, she she would have I mean, seen like, some sort of justice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and yeah, the whole idea. Well, if it was bad enough, they would report. Is yeah, most people don't report um, because they get blamed for it. There's a lot of victim blaming that goes for. Well, why did she get in the car? There was that. Yeah. Yeah, and then which is a bunch of horseshit. I'm using that word a lot. And why? So. <laughs> why do you think that is horseshit? Because people will say we need to we need to we need to be safe in our thoughts and and do things that are not. I mean, mm-hmm. like we we did talk about how men are not polar bears, but we also talk about you know you don't you don't go up to a polar bear mm-hmm. and poke it with poke a stick it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or something. You know, you don't go up into a dangerous situation that most people like. I mean, you mm-hmm. would you get into a stranger's car? I don't know. It depends on the circumstances. Yeah. And the thing is... is and it does depend on the circumstances. Yeah. Because cause, I can't cause say I that right I wouldn't. Because right now I'm super privileged. I have my own car with my own money and my mm-hmm. own gas and and a really great life and like 15 people to pick me up if I get stranded on the side of the road. So you have a good support group. Exactly. And I don't know anything about this person, but she may not have any of those things. And I don't think she does. Right. As far as and so that's the thing the is, is that you that can't released. put yourself in you know that situation and say, oh, I would never do that. You don't know what you would do if you were stranded, exactly. if you if you were you know without port, if you were broke, if you just needed to desperately get to from point A to point B, and like this guy kind of looks familiar. Maybe I do know him. Yeah. You know. So yeah. You know the whole thing is like, oh, you know, I know you, and you don't want to be like impolite and say although a favorite saying of my favorite murder is fuck politeness and the reason that they have to say that and they don't mean like in general like day-to-day activities but when you don't know um, what situation you're getting into and and we've all been conditioned to be polite and you know sometimes you go back on your conditioning even though you know it might be a dangerous situation because you don't think it's a dangerous situation we've all been conditioned for that especially women and so you have to like actually condition people the other way so yeah i can't say you know what i do because i don't have those same circumstances that that person did most likely i'm not in that situation so i can't judge her well i mean i can say yeah i would have someone to call to give me a ride mm-hmm. even in anchorage i don't live there right but i yeah I even have somebody there yeah. But yeah, and not everybody has, you know, all those privileges that we have. And you should be able to be a decent human being to everyone, including the extremely vulnerable. And those are the people that our laws should absolutely protect. Those are the ones who we need to have higher laws for. And yeah, we shouldn't judge people whose positions we haven't been in. So this, yeah, his story coming out this week, along with what uh, everything else that's going on in our country right now, was just poignant, (laughs) especially with you bringing up the redemption story Mm -hmm. idea. It was weird because we didn't really go into any other redemption story Mm -mm. idea except for a few because that next day his story story hit and it was 
And we were all, yeah, we were pretty ticked off. <laughs> you came home one day and you were like, I'm just done. <laughs> done. <laughs> well, and I had gotten a uh, prank Cre- call prank, at work. Yeah, creepy prank call. A creepy I mean, prank like, call where I actually did have to not be polite. Yeah. And that was when they hung up. But they were trying to get me to agree that I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And it was really creepy, mm-hmm. you guys. And, and, I, and the only reason it happened to me was... I was a woman on the mm-hmm. other end of the line with a man. Yep. Yeah. So have we judged the heck out of that? I feel very judgy on that, yes. Ugh. Sorry, guys. That wasn't one of the funniest things, but. No, it wasn't that funny <laughs> at but all. But it needed to be said because we were all pissed. Everybody's pissed. <laughs> this guy should have gone to jail for his life off that crime. Trying to murder. Like, come on. Trying to murder somebody. That's strangling, murder. Strangling. That's, attempted, that's murder. attempted murder. I don't care who you are. And it should be a sex crime. And you should be on the sex offender list. You don't get a pass for strangling somebody and masturbating on them. That is ridiculous. I'm glad. And then leaving them. By the way, he never gave her the ride. <laughs> the, the small things. The small things was then he left her somewhere else. Uh, yeah. Uh, All by herself. Anyway. Which is probably safer than Yeah, being, being with, him, with him, I'm sure. Our ethical product of the week is Finn and Emma which is a children's line of clothing and toys and teethers. And they are GOTS certified organic cotton and non-toxic eco-friendly dyes. So they even dye their stuff with eco-friendly dyes. Untreated hardwood or hand-knit with organic cotton yarn for the toys. Their garments and accessories are produced in fair trade settings that focus on social and economic independence for local people and women especially, working to provide for their families in a safe and fair environment. Oh, how cool. And they won something, and I can't find it. (laughs) They won an award. (laughs) Yay for them! So they won some sort of award for being like the most stylish. <laughs> I can't find it now, but I. <laughs> this is why this is why I picked them, and now I can't find the information. Research but, this well. Yes, <laughs> but they check won. Them out. <laughs> yes, they won the award for being like most stylish, eco-friendly baby line out there. So, anyways, you can buy this locally at some certain local boutiques, or you can buy online at their website, finnandemma.com. And that's F-I-N-N-A-N-D-E-M-M-A. Awesome. So thank you for joining us here at Ethical Quandaries, a podcast where we have a lot of questions. But no answers. And, and we're, we're judging, judging you anyway. Technical support and photography by Tish Kingsley. Consultation by Mid Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Veldstrom. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries at outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And support our work at patreon.com.